Welcome to the On The Clock Podcast, Episode 2. I'm on location live with my co-host, Brad Graham. What's up, Brad? Let's go. We're out here in Mammoth Lakes, California. It's beautiful. We're going to do some mock drafting. It's great. It's going to be a good day. We're going to see our buddy get married later in the day, but we had to, just had to, make sure we got a pot out in time, just because there's so much we have to catch up on. There's been a lot of shit happening over the past two weeks that we've been missing. All kinds of stuff going on. We're going to start start off right away with Antonio Brown. A.B. A.B. Business is booming. Helmet God. <laughs> helmet God. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag like, Helmet Gate. Helmet Gate. We got, the, we got the game going in the background. You know, we're going to watch the Browns play. Garrett Gilbert getting the start. Getting the start. You know? Just going to watch. a little Kareem Hunt, too. Kareem, Kareem Punt, if you Uh-oh. will. Kareem Ooh, too Hunt. soon, too soon. Is it? Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're going to we're gonna start off with A.B., and we'll start right from the top with the whole saga of him first having the story about his cryotherapy feet come out. Blisters all over. Everyone's seen the picture. If you mm-hmm. haven't, don't see it. It's nasty. <laughs> um, it's still undetermined exactly what happened. Supposedly, he was wearing socks only in a cryotherapy machine in France. And there's, there's actually a legal ramification that might come about it so so the uh um his agent wouldn't speak on it he wouldn't give any more info just because they might sue them oh makes sense i mean you're taking away someone's livelihood and being able to play the sport of football but who's responsible for that is that ab staying in the chamber for too long or is that the responsible the company they're put on the treatment yeah Yeah, so remains to be seen but either way he's back at it he's been practicing uh recording this on Saturday, and he just did a walkthrough this morning. Uh, going to be good to go for practice, even though the media can't be available, but he is going to practice again. Then let's not forget the almost retirement of A.B. <laughs> he almost retired, but he came back. He was uh, told that he could no longer wear the helmet that he has worn during the entirety of his career, and he was refusing to wear it. There were stories coming out. There was a huge thread, 15-tweet thread, mm-hmm. from Mike uh, um, Silver. Mike Silver saying that all, all this crazy shit, that he painted his helmet and wouldn't wear the one that they had gotten in there, tried to sneak his own helmet on. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Which is insane. Ridiculous. But the fact that they said that he painted his own helmet that's and took it out to practice, thats it's fucking nuts that, i can't believe that that's a pure ab move to do something like that to just really like this is how i'm gonna do it so i'm gonna do it i don't give a i don't give a crap about what you guys have to say about it i'm i'm wearing this helmet but it's it turned into quite the shit show for lack of a better term um there for a second um but i'm sure raider fans are rejoicing everywhere with the return of ab uh now it's just uh to focus on his feet and get his feet right right but the Helma saga will never be forgotten. Absolutely. It only lasted about like a week, a week and a half. But before. It, was, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was, I oh, was man. so Social scared. Social media was yeah. on fire. I was, I was ready for uh, Tyrell Williams to be the number one. I was just like getting <laughs> ready for Renfro. life. Yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know I love Hunter Renfro. So I was getting for life without AB, but thankfully I get to live my life with AB yeah. in it. So there was just a lot that happened. I mean, it, it was it was kind of a whirlwind, hard to keep up with from time to time because there was a news story coming out every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, radio hosts from uh, Pittsburgh saying that the Raiders don't know where AB is, even though that was debunked. Everyone knew where he was the whole time, but not a good look, right? It didn't it didn't make it seem as if 
A.B. had moved past this saga in his life. Well, and not only that, but A.B. also poured gasoline onto the fire with a Instagram post saying, if I walked away from the game, would the fans still love me? And, you know, with, with any kind of social media posts like that, they can be taken out of context and misconstrued. And in the heat of the firestorm, to put something out there like that, it's very easy for someone to see that and be like, oh, he's okay with retiring. Right. Or he's th- actually thinking about stepping away. And then on top of that, um, after that came out, the the old um, interview he did with NFL Network mm-hmm. from his from his home. With his yellow mustache. With his yellow on. mustache. And um, all in the midst of that firestorm of trying to get traded from uh, Pittsburgh, he had mentioned that he didn't need the game. He, he had already you know, set his legacy, he can walk away, he's made his money, and again, just compiling all those things on top of one another, uh, I'm sure made Raider Nation a little queasy. Just a little bit, Um, but we've moved past that, he's back, he was practicing actually before the second preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals, so that was good to see, still running around gingerly, not taking it too, uh, too tough, but... You know, it's good to see that he's back because he's dynamic. If you saw from Hard Knocks, John Gruden famously saying, "Where's my friend Antonio Brown? <laughs> I miss that guy." Yeah, you know, and does. and you know, it's it's just funny how media takes it out of um, out of context in saying he's not going to be a good teammate. Nobody's going to like him. You saw him on the sidelines. He was singing every. You know, he was getting along with everybody. When Ryan Grant scored a touchdown, he went went fucking nuts with Ryan Grant. Him and John Gruden, you know fake punching each other and laughing on the sidelines. Like, I think it's going to be a good thing, right? But just with all the drama that surrounds him. Mm -hmm. But the Raiders do need someone. They need someone to be that alpha male, to maybe even have a little bit of diva, because I would rather take diva and talent than no talent at all, right? Like, I would rather have someone who's like, comes with a bit of baggage and, you know, gives us more to talk about too. Absolutely. So it's fine with fine with us. But like, I just hope that it just translates into wins, which I think it will. And obviously, he's one of the most prolific uh, wide receivers that's ever played. You know, um, not up there with Jerry Rice, but he has Jerry Rice esque traits and numbers. Just not over the prolonged period of time yet. He came out this offseason saying that he's got Jerry Rice's goal for receiving yards in his sights. So um, when they stacked up the two players side by side at the, by the age of 31, they're actually not far off. Right. So, I think it's like a thousand yard difference or something. Exactly. But Jerry Rice also played till he was about 41 right. or something right. at a very right. high level. Yeah. And even when he did walk away, he still could have been a good contributor for another year or two. Um, but it's going to be interesting, like you mentioned, because Antonio Brown is a diva. We've already seen, we haven't even made it into essentially the regular season, and we've already seen the him stir in the pot. Now, we did see on Hard Knocks, he was very animated on the sideline, looked like a great teammate, exactly what you want to see out of a vet. But let's see, and let's wait and see what happens when it's week six, He's it's the third quarter, He's been targeted twice, mm-hmm. zero receptions. Right, they're down by two touchdowns. What's his attitude going to be? Right, what's how's he going to carry himself? That's going to be the determination of if this is a good move or if it will 
seemingly backfired. Right. And, you know, I can say I'm, you know, I'd rather take the diva right now, but we haven't even played a game yet. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. so like, so we'll, we'll see how it transpires throughout the rest of the, um, uh, throughout the rest of the year. But as of right now, I'm just glad he's back. That's all I can say. I'm just, I'm glad that he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Raiders are 2-0 in the preseason so far. They made Kyler, Kyler Murray look like a rookie in his second preseason game. They were doing, Paul Gunther was masterful with the blitzes. The Raiders' offense looked amazing, right? Like, even Mike Glennon showing out a little bit Mikey. for the Graham. You know what I mean? He was yep. just showing out. Um, Josh Jacobs looked awesome, even though he didn't, he had a few rushes, not many, but in the very first rush, a six-yard gain, he was just like he disappeared for a second. Then he popped out and was able to catch, get three three more yards out of his run. Mm-hmm. That's what's been missing, right? Absolutely. We haven't had that running back since um, Latavius Murray's short stint when he <sighs> broke out against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, a rainy game. I was there that game. Um, we haven't had that in a long time, and so I'm looking for that running back to help take the pressure off Derek Carr because, you know, admittedly so. He's still skittish. Mm-hmm. He's still skittish. He yep. has not gotten away from that broken uh, fibula um, that he suffered a few years ago. He looks skittish in the pocket. But if you have someone else like Josh Jacobs, a running game that can actually produce, it's going to make him feel more confident. It's not all on his shoulders. He doesn't have to make that play. Mm-hmm. He can make that play. He can make those plays thrown into double coverage and actually... Everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then it, he, someone catches it, right. right? So he has that ability. Now it's about having a running game that can sustain prolonged drives where it's not just a three and out after him throwing three passes, same old shit. Last year it was, it was hard to watch. I watch every single Raider game there is, every snap there is of every Raider game. And by week 16, I was kind of like, I couldn't watch it anymore. It was you, hard to you watch. You told me you were done. Yeah. DC. Yeah. I is that the, still the same, or is that just prisoner of the moment? It was prisoner of the moment this year, no doubt about it. Yes. I cannot stress this anymore. I've said this. I think the last two years that oh, you know, I'm done. If he doesn't produce, blah blah blah. I'm giving him one last shot. This is it for me. One last shot. I cannot stress that enough. One last shot for him to be able to produce, or he needs to bounce. Because next year, if they were to cut him. There's only a three million dollar dead cap hit. Mm. Only three million. That's mm. not a lot off his twenty three million dollar year, yearly salary, right? Yeah. So they can get away from him if he's not producing at the level he needs to next year. Yeah, and it sounds like that's a very tradable contract as well. So any QB t- needy team would be, yeah. I'm sure, more than happy to to kick the tires on a on a cheap trade with Derek yeah. Carr. But it definitely is a make or break year for him. Um, I mean, it's not Dak Prescott's $40 million a year ask, you know, <laughs> no, so not. it's a good, it's a good it's contract to trade. Um, and I mean, when Derek signed that contract, he, he had broke the record for, you know, the richest QB contract. But we all know the second that that, that contract, uh, the, the ink dries, um, Matt Stafford's the next QB's yeah. coming up, then Jimmy's coming up, yep. then it's Breeze, and then it's the next person. And right. so that doesn't really matter. And I think, you know, fans can quantify that now um, because the the value and just like you alluded to Dak is asking for 40 million dollars a year not necessarily because he's like let's say if we take a step back two or three years ago and say he's a 40 million dollar quarterback this is the NFL this is a billion dollar industry quarterbacks are the most important position and he's on America's team 
Of course he's going to ask for $40 million. Is he necessarily worth, quote-unquote, $40 million? No. Maybe not, no, um, from a talent perspective. But <laughs> the revenue that he generates, being a young, good quarterback, I can understand it. Um, but I'm hoping that that's a leverage play to get somewhere in the range of $35 million. Right. Right. So we will now uh, transition into the 49ers. Oh, Jimmy gang. Five INT hey, Garoppolo. Whoa, chill, you know, bro. you know, chill, it's just, you know. <laughs> what are your thoughts that you've seen so far from from uh, the rest of training camp, first preseason game? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, um, very, very optimistic from the first preseason game. Obviously, the, the headliners coming out of that game were Jalen Hurd, rookie wide receiver from Baylor. Um, previously uh, running back at Tennessee, transferred to Baylor to become a wide receiver. Two touchdowns, looked phenomenal. Um, texted a buddy, you know, who I actually, I hate to admit it, but I just traded Jalen Hurd for Christian Kirk, <laughs> and I'm kicking myself for it. But, um, you know, it's a good problem to have because at least the 49ers are looking um, looking really good in that regard into the wide receiver position. We have a lot of good competition. Debo Samuel came in and really um, lit it up with some some strong contested catches. Um, and as of right now, the 49ers are um, in Colorado, you know, having joint practices with the Broncos and all reports coming out of camp per uh, Benjamin Albright. Um, he mentioned that Marquise Goodwin is by far the best uh, 49er wide receiver the last two days of practice really so that is very promising really as a dynasty owner of marquise yeah. goodwin as just a lover of marquise right. goodwin great guy we all know the backstory behind mm -hmm. him yeah you so, know my love for him yeah. too yeah we we love we me and jd were both on site at levi stadium uh the day that marquise had lost his son and the emotional touchdown and celebration in the end zone um, we were there to witness that, so we have nothing but love for Marquise. But uh, but his he was being dropped left and right in all my leagues. He's getting he's yeah, getting he's, dropped left, right, this way, that it's way. It's because like, with Jalen Hurd, yeah. with Debo Samuel, um, Kendrick Bourne playing well, a lot of uh, good, good reports of Trent Taylor. Unfortunately, Trent Taylor broke his pinky toe and will most likely start yeah. the season on IR, which was which is a shame because he was one of the better uh, wide receivers coming out of uh, 49ers camp. Um, this year, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But that's going to be a position to watch. Um, but everything coming out of um, Broncos camp for the last two days, um, with the two teams practicing together, is the defense. Is the defense like you alluded to? Picked Jimmy off five times in a row. Not just five times in an entire entirety team period. Five pass attempts in a row, picked off. Um, Tarverius Moore, second-year safety, is really coming into his own. It's starting to look like he's going to run away with the starting safety spot. Richard Sherman is looking like a young 26-year-old again, uh, recovering from ACL injury, or I'm sorry, Achilles injury. DeForest Buckner apparently was just wrecking shop. Um, hopefully with the snub of the top 100 yes, NFL players, yeah. which is mind-boggling yeah. for an interior player with 12 sacks with – no defensive back help, no edge help, got 12 sacks, got snubbed. Um, so there's a lot of motivation going around. Fred Warner, second-year middle linebacker, apparently has really taken a next step forward. Um, so I can deal with some Jimmy G interceptions. I can deal with Jimmy G 
easing himself back into, you know, game form. I mean, let's be real. Jimmy has played less than 15 NFL games over his entire NFL career. And he's been in the NFL for a little while now, too. Exactly. So So that's the thing that people forget. Yes, he got the contract, but the contract, it was just the timing of it. It just kind of had to happen that way. But he's still inexperienced. Yep. He still hasn't put a full season under his belt. So there's going to be some, just like we saw with Derek Carr, Derek struggled coming back from his injuries. I expect the same from Jimmy. I expect to see Jimmy look really good on some plays and then Jimmy just to make, you know, kind of those bonehead mistakes just because he's thinking too much. He's processing too much. He's thinking about his injury. He's, he's trying to force it. So I anticipate that, but I can live with that if my defense is playing lights out. And so I'm really happy because everything out of camp has 49ers looking stout up front, in the secondary, in the middle. Um, I'm pretty excited. Well, the thing with Jimmy is is that he is one of those he's one he's one of those guys. He's my guy, right? Like yeah. everyone just they literally crowd around him. They believe in him. They trust that what he says he's going to do, he does. Right? Yeah. Like he they he has that ability to command a room full of men to lead a group of men to where he wants them to be he has that ability he just has that as uh greg papa said on the john john middlecoff and haberman uh podcast he has that twinkle in his eye Mm. you know he's got that twinkle i mean he has that strong jaw yeah oh yeah i mean jimmy handsome you know (laughs) he's got he's got the ability to to uh to lead people where he wants them to go. And that's a trait that you can't quantify, right? You exactly. either have that or you don't. People think you're full of shit yeah. or they think that you can actually do what you say. Yeah. My biggest takeaway um, was Jalen Hurd. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a stud. Mm-hmm. Stud. Yeah, I, like, he's big. I think we talked about this before on the last podcast. I was scouting him out because he had that that gadget player, running back, tight end, wide receiver ability mm-hmm. to him because he's lanky. He's he's. He's fast, but he's lanky too, and um, I'm excited to, to see him mm-hmm. trade his ass away. That was stupid. I, I know. That was stupid. I know. I, I you know, I, I got all sucked into the Kyler hype. I saw the clips coming out of mm-hmm. training camp, and I see Kirk, and I've always been all off season. I'm like, I just feel like Kirk is gonna explode. I just feel like he's gonna explode. It all depends on Kyler and Cliff's offense. Are the two gonna marry and mix together? Because if so. Then Kirk will explode. But if what we saw like against the Raiders is the reality, which I hope it's not, then we're going to be seeing more of a struggling offense. But we'll see. I would have done the same thing too, though. Christian Kirk's he's going to be nice. Mm -hmm. They just have to figure out things like uh, the nuances of making it almost, you know, translating college to the NFL, like you saw that with the hand clapping. Exactly. Uh, Kyler Murray was getting, he got two false start penalties from the, the hand clapping that you see in college, and they called it a false start in the NFL. It's just translating, and it might take a little maneuvering, might take a little while, but they're going to figure it out. Right. They're going to get it figured out. Um, yeah, but, and also, too, just to expand on that a little bit, with um, uh, Larry Fitzgerald playing primarily out of the slot, that takes Christian Kirks and bumps him out. To the to, as one of the outside receivers, so I'm anticipating. You know, Kyler has a strong arm. Kyler can get it there. So I'm anticipating bigger plays from Christian Kirk, whereas I see uh, old man Larry just eating up the middle of the field. Yeah, and them just using him as a stick mover. So it's going to be interesting to see. I also see Kirk as being yeah on the outside, quote unquote, but still 
having slot receiver duties, if oh, you will, right? Like he's gonna he might be lined up on the outside, but he's still gonna act as if that he's in the slot, right? And he's gonna be running slants all day. Right. And that's where he's gonna he's gonna live and feast off of that. And Kyler, yeah, he has the ability. His arm is so strong. Jacoby Brissett just brought broke off a nice little fifteen yard run. Jacoby Um I I I see where your head's at, and I 100% agree with you. They just have to figure out Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have to figure out their little nuances. But mm-hmm. Christian Kirk's going to be a force to deal with for a long time to come. Right, and I thought I was over here getting a, a steal of a deal with Jalen Hurd. Um, I think a 2021 second round pick, and then Randall Cobb out of um, the Cowboys right now. I was like, oh, that's a nice little yeah. cheap haul for uh, Christian Kirk. But then Hurd goes out, gets two touchdowns, and makes me feel <laughs> sick to my stomach. So, but oh, fumble, oh, fumble. Sorry, ADD. Sorry, we're watching this on live. <laughs> but you know, it just it's it's a good problem to have. <clears throat> I, I want to see Hurd um, be successful, and if that's at the expense of my dynasty team, I'm all for it. Right. They have to have someone that breaks out. Right. You can't roll out the same old crew like you did last year, and it's mm-hmm. definitely not. Marquise is on the bubble, even though he's breaking out now. Mm-hmm. That might have been a little motivation for him to to kick it into gear. You got Debo Samuels and Jalen Hurd just clawing for those oh, positions yeah. to be the number one. Absolutely, and I think that's a great point, is that Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, they bring in Jordan Matthews, a veteran in this yep. league who has been successful, and you, you put Marquise Goodwin on notice. You put all these guys who've been on the roster the last two years and say – Someone good is going to get cut. Yep. Not to mention Richie James, a lesser talked about wide receiver, has been blowing away people at camp. So we have a solid seven to eight wide receivers who are NFL caliber worthy players, and we're only going to keep six. So it's going to be someone good, good is going to get cut, and we have no clue who that's going to be. And I think the only saving grace right now is, again, Trent Taylor might start the year on IR, mm-hmm. which opens up another roster spot for a wide receiver. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be tough. So you can see that all of this competition is forcing these guys to play really well and really strong. Yeah. Uh, defense sounds like it's going to be uh, way better than last year. And so will the Raiders too, right? Like that's that's what I just look for. I just look for the improvements to have it not be – the same old song and dance year after year, Absolutely. right? Um, so I, th- I, unless you have anything else, I think we're in a mock draft. That's mock draft. All right, let's do it. So Brad and I are using the Sleeper app, which is uh, one of the best new ways that we found to have our uh, our dynasty teams, have our regular uh, redraft league teams. The platform in itself is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. The mock drafting ability, um, it's 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 way up above what we've been used to and what we've gotten used to and now what we expect from our fantasy football platform. So we are going to be using this off of the Sleeper desktop. There's also an app that you can download. Um, 12-team PPR, we don't mess around with half point, no point. It's all about PPR, right? Not everyone likes the the, uh, super flex uh, aspect of it, so we will be doing this with one quarterback, 15 rounds. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. I'm drafting from the third spot. Brad is going to draft from the ninth spot. It's going to give us the ability to have you see two completely opposite ends and what we're going to have to deal with when we're going through our draft right now. All right, so we are going. 
Saquon Barkley, number one. Christian McCaffrey, number two. I am now up. What are you going to do, JD? I Ze- go. Zeke's in Cabo. Is he coming back? Do Zeke. we know? Where is Zeke? Where is Zeke? So, me, I value running back mm-hmm. bar none, way up above. Even in, in a spot that you would pick a wide receiver, I still go. I still go to the running back position. Absolutely right. I I know you, Brad, always ends up with DeAndre Hopkins, always. Keenan Allen, Jared Goff on his team. Always. We go Alvin Kamara. Let's go. I knew it. Let's see who goes next. Is it going to be DJ? Who's it going to be? All right. right, Alvin. DeAndre Hopkins Ooh! at four? Dang. DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Adams. Brad is on the clock. He's got Michael Thomas staring him in the face right Michael now. Michael Thomas. I don't want to talk about Michael Thomas for the <laughs> shit trade that I made at the beginning of the year. I do not want to talk about that. But, so you have Michael Thomas. Obviously, that's going to be probably the pick that you're going to go with. You also have Julio Jones. If this were a dynasty league, you would go with Michael Thomas, but Julio Jones can make a case for being a pick here, right? Absolutely. But I think you're going to end up going with Michael Thomas. You're in that wide receiver range. I think that's the pick to go with. What are you going to do? Yeah, so in the later part of the draft, in picks 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, I typically tend to go wide receiver first because this is where you're going to get your first shot at a tier, like a true tier one wide receiver like mm-hmm. you mentioned like a Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. I have Odell Beckham staring me in the face. Um, you also have Juju Smith-Schuster, who I regard a lot higher than most. Um, I would even I would even have him right in the Michael Thomas, Julio Jones tier. Really? Above Odell Beckham Jr. I think um, he could even fall to you in the second, though, because you're at, a, you're at a, a spot where he actually might get picked uh, in the third spot in the second round right before you. But... There's a possibility because you have James Conner, Odell, Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill, Todd Gurley ranked before him in ADP. So I think there's a chance he could come back to you in the second round. There is a chance, but based on the way that the drafts have been shaking out, I feel like I have to go wide receiver running back. Because if I miss out on a running back in the first two rounds, it's slim pickings from there on out. And the wide receivers are pretty deep this year. So I'm going to try and get some value on my running back in the next round. There's a Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, um, Todd Gurley. I'm not opposed to taking Todd Gurley in the second round, but I think you are absolutely right. I'm going Michael Thomas. He's going to come off the board here if I can figure out how to hit draft, and then we're going to go, boy. So Michael Thomas is going off the clock. Uh, or he's off the board at 109. Julio Jones, Odell, Nick Chubb, Juju went oh, 2-1, so you wouldn't have had him come back around to you. James Conner, Tyreek Hill with the third spot. You were back up, fourth pick in the second round. Now, if we're going to stick with what you just talked about, then you're going to need to go running back here. Absolutely. Obviously, there's Todd Gurley sitting there right at the very top. So this this is going to be a real true-life dilemma because... I mean, Todd Gurley came out and said it this often. He's like, man, you guys are putting hella bad energy in my knee. Like, chill. Like, I'm doing all right. So, if you can get Todd Gurley here stacked with a Michael Thomas, and they are healthy and perform to expectation, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Just with those two picks alone. Right. But there's, there's still that concern. Because if you miss on this pick, you're out of the playoffs unless you... 
work your fucking magic right. with waivers or handcuffs or something later on down the draft. So as of right now, the running backs that I would consider taking at at 204 would be Gurley, obviously, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. I'm not ready for carry-on yet. It's I, a little early. I love carry-on, but yeah. I'm not ready so yet. So do I, but that's a little too rich. So Joe Mixon, I can almost remove out of it because I'm just not sold on the team. I'm not sold on the offense. I'm not sold on Andy Dalton. You know, A.J. Green just went out, so you lose a threat on the outside. I love Boyd, but can he do it all himself? Eifert off injured tight end. You never know. And then if you're just going to stack the box against Joe Mixon, he'll break one or two. Right. But you can't. More times than not, Yeah, but you can't rely on that production. So for me, it's between Dalvin Cook, Todd Gurley. I'm really liking Cook this year if he can stay healthy. But I'm going to roll the dice. We going Gurley. Ooh, Todd Gurley. All right. Fourth pick in the second round. Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, the next to go off the board. Well, so first tight end off the board. So huh? I am on the clock, right? And that's the only one that's truly worth being picked. And he actually went a little bit later yep. in the second round than he normally would. He he would normally go in the spot that you picked him at. Yep. Either first pick in the second round or right around there. So now I am left with the dilemma of seeing I could either go with a tier two wide receiver. Or I could stack my running back with Alvin Kamara with another running back. There's Carrion mm. Johnson, who's still there. Still a little rich for me. I mm. love Carrion. You love Carrion, but it's still a little rich. Yep. You have Melvin Gordon sitting there. Melly. 29th ranked Melly. on the sleeper app. He's just sitting there staring at me. Oh. JD, take me. Take me. I, if, I would have taken Melvin at, at fifth overall a month ago. Yep. And this has his value drop has nothing to do with physical attributes, mental attributes, any kind of A B sagas. It's all contract disputes. He will be back. It's just a matter of when. And Le'Veon Bell puts us on pause because we saw what he did with Pittsburgh. Obviously didn't work out for him. Melly's contract structure is completely different than what Lev was going through. Melvin does not have anywhere near the leverage that Lev had, in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Melvin Gordon. But the value here or anywhere below is is fire. And all you have, but the problem is, is now you have to decide when you're taking Eckler, mm-hmm. when you're taking Justin Jackson. Those are the next questions that you have to right, take. Right, just like you have to think about when are you going to take Daryl Henderson. Exactly. Now? Like how soon do you make sure that you get that handcuff, exactly. possibly handcuff. I'm dealing with that right now. My two dynasty leagues, I have, um, have Gurley. Todd Gurley, and I had to draft Daryl Henderson with my either second or third round rookie draft pick. And I did. I got him. But he didn't actually look that good against the Raiders in the first preseason game. No. He did not look no. anything like he was toted to be. Um, could just be the preseason jitters. Could be, you know, getting used to the playbook, whatever it might be. But it didn't give me a lot of uh, faith. Right. So I picked up John Kelly yep. in the other league just to make sure I, I had. That. Yeah, I, I dropped that. him. Then I paid I some that. fab. I paid $3 to pick him back up just because I was like, shit, like I need to be ready for this yep. just in case. So... I think I, I think I'm gonna roll with Mike Evans here. Ooh. He's sitting at the very top. He's 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 ready. He's still in that tier one 
of wide receiver. Well, and it's a great stack with Alvin Kamara. Plus, you're going to be coming around in four or five picks right. here in a second anyways where you can pick can, up another running back. Yep, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to see what happens here. Damian Williams, Patrick Patty. Mahomes, 12th pick in the second oh, round. there goes carry on. Antonio Brown, carry on Johnson, gone. All right, so now I'm left with a little bit of a pickle here, right? Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon. <sighs> oh, you got that that George Kittle, Zach Ertz staring at you in the face, huh? Now, now we're starting huh? to get into that George Kittle, Zach Ertz area for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey's above all, like... A case could be made for him being picked in the first round, in the back end of the first round, right? Not too high right there. We're starting to get into Kittle range, and I know that you and him actually had a little bit of beef because you called him out. (laughs) I did. You said, I "I will not take George Kittle in the first round. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to wait. And he DM'd you and said, you know, he's like, he said, boo. Boo. I said, you ain't going to change my mind, bro. Mm -hmm. Not for Mm -hmm. me. You're too expensive, bro. I I love you. Too expensive, though. And then you have uh, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, who's actually dealing with a plantar uh, fasciita, whatever the hell you call it. Like, he's he's dealing with a heel injury right now. So he's actually going to be on the shelf for a little bit. Well, not only that, too, Andrew Luck is going through a little bit of injury fits right now as well. So, as a dynasty owner of him, I'm not. But Lenny, Lenny, Lenny is an intriguing case. He is because first year blew the brakes off the NFL. I I bought in. I went full force after him in dynasty trades. I traded a ton of assets to get him. Year two, shits the bed. Injured, suspended, problems with coaches, attitude adjustments, overweight, effort issues, tons and tons. Of things you don't want to hear from a second-year running back. They even waived his guaranteed money out of his rookie contract. Those are all indications that the team is one issue away from being done with this running back. So, let's say Lenny gets dropped or traded or cut mid-year. His value is gone. Yeah. It's useless. So, what are you going to do? But if he shows up, puts in the effort, does what he needs to do... I still think he has top six ability. Yep. So, again, this is where I think round three is where you start rolling the dice with some of these running backs. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to roll with that because, uh, as it's being reported, he actually has a little bit of PPR value that's coming up. Yep. And I think that that's going to be invaluable to find someone who has top 12 talent from the running back position. Mm-hmm who's dealt with some issues but is looking for a fresh start. I mean, it's hard to live in a system where Tom Coughlin is the GM, might as well be the head coach, even though there's another person in that role. It's, you know, it's an army. They treat it like you're in the military, and I think he's either going to do one or two things. He's going to get traded to another team, and his value there is going to be good if he goes to a good spot, or he's going to stay there. And he's going to do the job that he wants to do. So, I, you know, I think I'm going to roll the dice here and roll with my boy, Lenny. Ooh, Lenny, I like it. And plus, you know, they also got the new OC, John Filippo. Yes. You know, paired with um, the, the quarterback, uh, Slick Nick over there, Nick Foles. Slick Nick. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out, but I like that pick. Aaron Jones, 3-4. T.Y. Hilton, 3-5. Melvin Gordon went 3-6. Mm. So you don't get to have the chance to get him. Devonta Freeman, 3-7. Amari Cooper, 3-8. And you are now on the clock. You have Michael Thomas, Todd Gurley stacked up. 
George Kittle's still there. George Kittle's still there. So this is this is where now I start sweat sweating a little yeah. bit. Because Melvin Gordon was my target. He if I could have got him in the late third, I'd be running circles around this room right now. But that didn't happen. So now I have to pivot and see what else I want to get. Do I want to try and get, you know, tier one tight end? Do I want to try and get more running back depth? Or do I try and go after a wide receiver? And if I could just take one moment here. There's this misconception, right, that you need to grab one of these top-tier quarterbacks early on in the rounds. And I've I've been victim to that before, too. Like, I grabbed Aaron Rodgers in, like, the fourth round, and fifth round-ish. And then you Patrick stacked in, like, the yes, eighth, too. Yes, and then I grabbed Patrick Mahomes, right? <laughs> so, as we talked about before, Patrick Mahomes went 12th pick in the second round. What are your thoughts on... Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, where where do you fall to waiting for these quarterbacks? Because I think if you and I are on the same page, you wait until that eighth round. For If Deshaun Watson's sitting there in the eighth round, you bite that bullet and you Absolutely. take that, right? Absolutely. But if it's not that, if it's not one of them, you hold off. Right. It's one of your later picks that you make because you fill up your position positional players, then you go for quarterback. Yep. And I, I honestly think <clears throat> Deshaun Watson's probably going to come off the board in the next round, maybe with um, Aaron Rodgers as well. But being a Deshaun Watson truther, um, Baker truther, we love those two players. Mm-hmm. I still cannot bring myself. Like last year, I even drafted a quarterback a little higher than I wanted. I think somewhere around the sixth, seventh round because – you're going through the draft, you get your running backs, you get your wide receiver core, and you're looking at it and you're like, I feel pretty comfortable with my team right now. And then you see a Deshaun Watson. Uh, last year, for me, it was Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. just sitting right there. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this pick. But it just seems like year after year, the quarterback that I draft is not the quarterback I finish with. Right. So that being said, this year I'm going to try and do my best and what I my limit I put on myself is tenth round quarterback. Okay. I'm gonna try and build my entire roster, my entire depth without a quarterback because I can grab a QB one in the tenth round, and that's what I'm gonna try to do. So I'm not gonna reach. But now with the pick, this is tough because I love George, and I'm looking at the other options here: David Montgomery, Marlon Mack, Stephon Diggs. Um, these are players that I would consider at this position but i'm also not in love with any of these players and this is kind of where again i mentioned earlier i start sweating because it's like who do i do am i gonna have to reach on a philip Lindsay to try and get a running back in case he doesn't come back around in the next fourth round um you're also going to deal with if you don't get Ertz or kittle you're waiting for a tight end too mm-hmm. right because the only ones that are worth a shit excuse my French to any tight ends <laughs> listening out there, are Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle. You're going to have some breakouts mm-hmm. that end up being, because someone has to, right? Someone has to fill in that t- that tight end one category. Yep. But these are the only three that you know for a fact, no doubt, are going to make it barring injury, right? You know that they're going to be in that top range. But you could also wait a few more rounds. You wait, wait, wait. You go for that uh, O.J. Howard, the Evan Ingram, who I'm super high on this year because I think he's a world beater. We've seen him play in that game that we went to at Levi Stadium. I love Evan Ingram, but 
you're taking you're taking a gamble. Mm-hmm. You, there's no true proven value. So, what are you gonna do? So I think with this pick, you know, it's hard because George is sitting there, right there at a decent value where I've said I would take him, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna take either one of these running backs. I see Marlon Mack, who we are both Mack truthers when it came out of USF. Um, we were very high on him in the pre-draft process, but they also just claimed another one of our boys, Deonta Foreman. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Plus Foreman. you have Foreman, baby. Naheem Hines. Yep. And then you also have uh, Wilkins. Yep. So there's that's a crowded back. Yeah, it is. talented backfield. Very crowded. Yeah, it's not bums laying behind him. It's people <laughs> right. who can actually produce. Right. And then you have David Montgomery, who again, there's... The value that I'm looking at right now is too high. I think he's way too high with where he should be drafted. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to bite the bullet and draft a receiver. I'm going Stephon Diggs. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Zach Ertz off the board right after Chris Carson. Marlon Mack, George Kittle. First pick in the fourth round. You for sure would have grabbed him if he came back (laughs) around this time. I might have. I might have. David Montgomery. Brandon Cooks, you are back on the clock right now. So what's what's your thinking right now? What are you going to do? All right, so with, with this particular thinking, um, it's do I look for a wide receiver three or do I go with a RB2? And with this stage of the game, I feel like I can get a lot more value for wide receivers in the later half of the draft. Yep. So I'm going to look at running back. And the running backs that I'm looking at oh. right now. Josh Jacobs are Josh, is sitting up, up Josh there Jacobs the is sitting right there. Yep. But I also see scrolling down Philip Lindsay right there. Mm. I also love Philip Lindsay. I'm just a Philip Lindsay truther. Um, the running back that they drafted last year in the high rounds, um, which I'm blanking on his name for uh, for Denver Richard? for Denver for Denver. Um, Rashad Penny, no Rashad Penny went to Seattle. Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman out there of you Oregon. Go. He always gets the hype though. Every single time he gets the hype. Every year he's he doesn't produce in games. Then he gets brought back to yeah. life, pre-draft, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I I worry about Lindsay. I grabbed him in the Dynasty League, and I worry about his ability because he's so small. He might get yeah. knocked around, hit, injured, all that stuff. But what do you think about Derrick Henry? You on board? I don't know. It's tough because new OC, completely new offense, Mariota, Tannehill, and transition – Who's going to be the quarterback? Yeah, uh, Corey Davis is struggling. Um, who's going to be the wide receiver? Are they going to stack the boxes against Derrick Henry? Um, we've seen Derrick Henry be terrible. Yep, for most of his career. Yeah, last year he he had a stretch at the end of the year that has completely propelled his draft stock. So I'm not ready to buy him this early. I even, you know what? I'm going to do a strong pivot. I'm just going to do a strong pivot. I'm taking. Chris Godwin. Oh, my. Really? Taking, you know what? I'm taking Chris Godwin here. I feel like I can get running back help. I'm, I'm going to stream my RB2. I'm seeing all kinds of goodies from Chris Godwin. Mm. Plus, you got um, new head coach Bruce, uh, Arians. Bruce Arians saying, this guy's never coming off the field. Stack that on top of some of these um, joint practice highlights. Yep. Give me Godwin. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, Julian Edelman, Josh Jacobs. I was wanting him to fall to me. Tyler Lockett, I am now on the clock. I'm now in the predicament of, do I go with Philip Lindsay? Do I go for another running <laughs> back, which I love to do? 
But I have Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. I think I need to start pivoting to another position right now. I Definitely. think I need to need to find that wide receiver that I believe can break out. There's also, as you spoke about, OJ OJ Howard in that new Buccaneers offense, mm-hmm. who I think is going to feast. Even though, in my opinion, under the Bruce Arians offenses, the tight end wasn't always the end-all, be-all. Nope. There was some production, but not the production that you would hope for from a talent like OJ Howard. So I'm going to start to look at the the wide receiver position. Robert Woods sitting there looking at me. I got Cooper Cup. The boy. We love. The boy. We love him. Kenny Galladay. It's a tough decision. Because you got Matt Stafford. You got a run-heavy offense. Carry on Johnson coming into year two. Uh, uh, highly upgraded offensive line. But who uh, they don't have too much talent around Galladay, from my opinion, from the wide Marvin Jones is on the, the back half of his career. Um, I believe they brought in another wide receiver. Um, but still, um, he's that big body Mike Evans type. Yep. Touchdown, possession wide receiver. Do you want another one of those guys? Or do you want more of a PPR god, a guy who's going to stack up receptions and get yards after catch? Because I don't see Galladay as a yak guy. Right. I see Woods as a yak guy. Yeah. Woods is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated wide receivers in fantasy football for the last two, three years. Um, so it's, again, what or you want Cooper, again, Woods' teammate, who is a great yak player. Yep. But he's also coming off injury. Yep. So a and lot he, of things to weigh. And, and Cup can be a PPR god. God. Right? He can he can just sit there, but he's coming off the injury. He's yeah. I don't scary. know I don't know if I trust him right now. So I think I'm gonna roll on the Robert Woods hype oh, right now. I, I like think I'm that. gonna roll with that, and then I'm gonna look to see if I can get a running back coming back around the turn here. Tyler Boyd, let's see. James White. James Cooper White goes Cup. before Sony Michelle. That interesting. is extremely interesting. Interesting. Now they're starting. Philip Lindsay oh. is still there. I mean, that value looks pretty nice. I'm rolling with Philip Lindsay. I mean, because he's still sitting there. Come on, absolutely. Man. I, I can't pass. And you that. can throw him in your flex. So yep. It's not like he's just going to be taking up space on your bench. Plus, we all know running back running back depth could be the difference maker in a fantasy championship. Absolutely. All right. What do we got here? All right. I'm on the clock. Fifth round, ninth pick. AJ Green, Calvin Ridley, Tevin Coleman. That is fifth round. Way too damn high. Oh my lord. No, 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 no. Tripping, boo. Sony Michelle. Evan Ingram is the fourth tight end off the board, jumping OJ Howard. Which Evan Ingram would have been a strong. Absolutely. Very strong consideration pick right here. Um, Especially with all the injuries to. The New York Giants' uh, wide receiving core, um, that makes Evan Ingram very valuable. But let's see. I have, so far, my team stacks up as three wide receivers, one running back, Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, Chris Godwin, and Todd Gurley. I think I need to start looking at some running back help. Yeah, I need that do. RB2. I need someone who's going to really just help me in that position in any case of need. So now it starts getting a little tricky because I may have to reach at this point. But looking at who's available, I have 
Tariq Cohen. I have Austin Eckler. I have Lamar Miller, who I'm not even going to mention his name again. Mm-hmm. Even though it, it, he owns that Houston backfield, I don't trust him. Neither do I. Um, young, promising rookie Miles Sanders mm-hmm. saying he's the first, he's the closest thing they've seen uh, compared to Shady McCoy in Philadelphia in a long time. So um, that's promising. But you know, I think I think you fall off the ledge there, right? Yeah, because then you go to Latavius Murray, Rashad, Darius guys, Kenny you know, Drake. Yeah, you just Jordan Howard. Like you just you fall off a cliff there. So I think you know if we're extending Lamar, which I am not a Lamar fan mm-hmm. either, even though he owns that backfield, yep. I do not trust him one bit. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck between Tariq Cohen, your son, my son, your son, my son, and as as we say, that's his son. We mean. That is the one that you pound the table for pre-draft, yep. dynasty draft, the one you have to get no matter what. Tariq Cohen fell under that um, uh, that spell of Brad as being his son. <laughs> yes, and so, and I'm gonna go Tariq Cohen, and it's it's actually pretty simple for okay. me um, because in PPR leagues, I have gone to the playoffs multiple years in a row with James White as my RB two. Because they are PPR gods. They just get receptions. They get six to eight receptions a game. You're That's all you need from your RB2 if you are stacked at wide receiver and running back. So, or your least top tier running backs and your wide uh, RB1. So this, if I can have a healthy Gurley and Tariq Cohen just getting peppered with uh, receptions, I'm in a good spot. So your team, as of right now, stacks up as Michael Thomas, Todd Gurley, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, and Tariq Cohen. And after the Cohen pick, it went DJ Moore, Aaron Rodgers, fifth round, like we talked about before, picking up that fifth round quarterback, Mm -hmm. Austin Eckler, Baker Mayfield, top end of the sixth round. And I think we're going to start to see that run of quarterbacks here very shortly. Baker Mayfield, OJ Howard, that would have been a nice pick if he made it back around and Lamar Miller went, went before right before your pick. Thank God. So <laughs> I love it. Now, hmm, looking at it right here, I I would have said OJ Howard would have been the perfect pick for you because you're stacked up at your wide receiver. Maybe go for another running back because you you're you're good at the wide receiver for right now, mm-hmm. right? For right now, you don't need to worry about it unless you want to. But Miles Sanders made it back around. The tight end landscape is Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, Eric Ebron, who just caught a touchdown in the preseason game going on right now. Hmm. Hmm. Do I, Would you bite the bullet with a Deshaun Watson quarterback pick right now? See, this is where I start getting in trouble. Yeah. Because now it's like it's I start getting tempted. Like, you know, Baker, I love Baker. I would love to have Baker on the fantasy team, but I just don't see the value aligning with my thought process. So I'm going to stick true to what I've been saying, and I'm not going to go on Deshaun Watson. Also, having Deshaun Watson dynasty shares helps this decision a ton. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I have to have him. You already have I don't him. need to have my guy. I yeah. got my guy in other leagues. So I'm going to pivot. With this being a multiple flex league, I am so, so excited about this next pick. If I can get him in the sixth round, Mike Williams. Oh, oh my goodness! This boy's gonna destroy the league. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm excited. I like that pick. So it went Andrew Luck right after that. Jarvis Landry, Christian Kirk, Jared Cook, Deshaun Watson went a pick before Ooh. I went. 
Now, I see Hunter Henry. I'm looking at Hunter, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Right he now. was looking at me too, but I'm and we saw at, some clips. Yes, out of, and that's been one of our ongoing conversations. Is you know, is the health there? Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to happen? You know, if Melly's out, they're going to lean on Hunter a little more. What What are we thinking? What are we feeling? I think I'm going to roll on Hunter Henry. I, I think like he's the, he's still the top end of the next grouping of tight ends and, besides Vance Donald, Eric Ebron. And a healthy Hunter Henry with getting solid production is a top tier Absolutely, tight end. yes. Yeah. Went Hunter Henry. Alshon Jeffrey went. Larry Fitzgerald. Miles Sanders. I was oh. hoping he would roll back around. Then Robbie Anderson. I am back on the clock right now. As I talked about before, I love me some running backs. But as it looks right now, Kenyon Drake, who's being surpa- surpassed by Kalen Balazs, oh, for sure. my son, yes. Kalen Balazs, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, Darius Guys, it's not, the value for me isn't there right now. No, I don't see not. the value there. Allen Robinson's looking there. It's tough. Yeah. Because we know the talent's there. It's just like Will Fuller. I know the talent's there, but there's the risk factor that comes right. into it as well. Dante Pettis, he, what is he doing up there? He needs to be... Way below. He, he not, dude. It's kind of shocking because obviously he's been touted as a breakout player across all fantasy platforms. Everything out of camp says he's struggling mightily. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that all play all fantasy players need to take into consideration with the emergence of Hurd, with the emergence of Debo, the hype around Marquise. I think it's time to pump the brakes on Pettis a little bit. As do I. As do I. So I'm looking at I'm looking at wide receiver right now. I have Allen Robinson sitting there. Will Fuller, one of my guys who I traded for this offseason. If he can be healthy, he averages about a touchdown a game. He's a stud when he's healthy, but that's a big if he's healthy. Um, this is tough. This is tough. It is tough. I could go with Allen Robinson. I could. Be, it's really tough because... The now the running back landscape is there's no one. Yeah, there's no one to be had. I'm I'm scrolling, and you you have to wait a few more rounds before you can pick up. Yeah, someone else. At, at this point, your focus needs to be stacking up on the positions of tight end, wide receiver, and getting a good quarterback and playing the waiver wire game with the running back position. I went Allen Robinson just because I want to have someone who I know is going to be a wide receiver one in their position. Kenyon Drake, Will Fuller, Vance McDonald, Daryl Henderson, Dante Pettis. Oh, right before me. Oof. Brad is on the clock. Ooh, there's not a lot of good stuff staring at me in the face right now. It almost has has me wanting to go quarterback just because I don't like anything that's on the board right now. Mm-hmm. I was Drew, I was feeling that same thing, too. Drew Brees and Carson Wentz are by far the best players, in my opinion, on the board. You even have Matty Ice um, ranked a little higher than them. But you know that they're going to put up stout, strong fantasy production, whereas I'm looking at players like Rashad Penny, Latavius Murray. Darius Geis is still not cleared for full contact in practice yet. You know... What what are we going to do? But I have someone staring at me in the face right now. You just mentioned him a second ago. Eric Ebron. 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 is just sitting there. He is. He just caught a touchdown in the preseason game. He We're just caught a right touchdown. Now. I'm in the seventh round. Now I I need to find a good position. I still feel I can grab a quarterback later. 
So I think that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and take Ebron. Um, I can always handcuff with Doyle later. Yep. And look for a high a high end handcuff on the back end. Matt Ryan, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, Geronimo, Didi Westbrook, Darius Geis. When? And you are now back on the clock. See, I was going to think. I was thinking to myself. I'm like, they're still in Joku, and Ebron sitting there, who mm-hmm. are on that last. Tight end two tier, yep, possibly tight end one, possibly. Um, so good pick by you. Now, I think you're starting to get into that quarterback range. You have Drew Brees, Carson Wentz sitting there. I think you might start to be in that area where you start thinking about a quarterback. I agree. When I start scrolling down and I'm seeing names like LaShawn McCoy, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jalen Samuels, Ronald Jones... Mm. I'm not feeling too hot no, about neither, any neither of those. I, and, if I, I. and then I'm I'm looking in reach zone. So as you know, and you mentioned earlier, Jared Goff is my round 10 target. But that being said, I don't see really anyone that excites me. Um, Kareem Hunt is available, but we all know he's going through an eight-game eight suspension. We have Sammy Watkins on the board. Um Curtis Samuel has been lighting up camp, and but then this is a decision. I already have four solid wide receivers. Do I want to build my depth and have him just chill in there, or do I want a starter? And you'd be using an early-round pick on that, in a sense, an eighth-round pick on someone who's just going to sit on the bench exactly. because he's too stacked out. So you want to find someone who's going to have that impact for you throughout the year. So... You know what? Now it gets really tough because I got Wentz, I got Breeze. I love both. Um, it's going to have to be a roll of the dice. I got 10 seconds to pick. It's going to come down to the last second. I, I'm trying to talk myself through it. I can't I can't decide. I'm going Breeze. I can't there help you go. it. There you go. Breeze, baby. Breeze. Jordan Howard, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray. We're seeing, Cam Newton, quarterback run. Here yeah, it goes. Cam Newton's run. one of my targets throughout this year. Yeah. He's one of the top tier people that I'm going to look for. But you know who they didn't pick? You know who they didn't pick? David Njoku. Oh. He's still waiting there for me. I think I'm going to roll the dice with David Njoku because, like you said, running back landscape goes Kareem Hunt, Royce Freeman, Ronald Jones. No. I have someone who I'm going to target when he comes back around. That's going to be Kalen Balazs. I'm going to wait oh, for like the that. churn. That's I'm going to wait good, for the churn. That's a good but, wow, there's a lot of... there's a. Quarterbacks are going on a run right now, and Russell Wilson is still sitting there. Ooh, Do Russ. I roll with Russell Wilson? A little DK Metcalf action. Ooh. Your boy? My boy, DK. The boy? The boy, boy? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to grab Russell Wilson, and on the churn, I'm going to see if Kalen Balazs falls to me, because I think he will. There's not. He's not ADP-wise. Mm-hmm. The hype isn't there just yet, no, and not. I think he's going to be available. Russell Wilson's the pick. Kareem Hunt, Sammy Watkins, Royce Freeman, Curtis Samuel. Ooh, he comes back. Came back to there me. There he is. I got Kalen Balaj. Swoop. Nice. Say whoop. <laughs> Marvin Jones, David Njoku, Jalen Samuels, Corey Davis, Cortland Sutton. You are back on the clock, Brad. So now this is the area where this is a part of the draft where I'm just going to start taking who I want. Your guys for this I don't year. really care about how the value is stacked up right yep. now because it's a crapshoot in my perfect, honest opinion. And that just means you have to scroll down a little bit farther that's, to that's find it. your guys. Because the that's ADP, ADP is a myth, right? There's, there's not always ADP equals this player so much better. It's all about 
the value that one person has. You value someone way higher than I do. I value someone way higher than you do. We yeah. believe in them. We know they're talented. But we think in a dynasty sense too, right? Absolutely. Like these redraft, like if we're drafting right now, we're not exactly thinking about in redraft terms. We think of dynasty. We right. think of the prolonged value year after mm-hmm. year and what they will be, what they can be. And so we think of these players who might not be that great week one, but by week eight next year, we know that they're going to be studs like a Dante Moncrief, right? You were way <laughs> higher on him than Dante, I was. The I boy. traded you a third-round pick he for did. him, and, he, and he's now in a position to be the wide receiver, too, in uh, in Pittsburgh. Yep, yep, and I think you, you make a great point. Um, so, again, there there's different situations that I'm looking at that don't necessarily align with with current rankings, but you also have to manipulate the current rankings right. as well. You don't, if you can get someone back around on the opposite side, I might think about doing that. Mm-hmm. So I have a player that I am targeting at 10.04. So with that being said, who's I'm, that player you're targeting at 10.04? You'll 10-04? see. Okay. You'll see. Oh, oh, you're not going to call be it there. out? He'll be there. So with that being said, I might take a little bit of a shot here, and we'll see how it goes. But I'm going after the boy. Oh, shit. Press the wrong button. <laughs> he ran out of time. Was but it I got him. I got you got him? him? Oh, got okay, him. okay, okay. Okay, I got him. Brad ran out of time and, the, and they timed out on him, but he's still got Nikhil Harry at 9-9. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, LaShawn McCoy, Jared Goff, Ronald Jones, Kiki QT, Carlos Hyde went. He's back on the clock. Who... Who is your guy? Your so my to? guy that I'm going to take, you could call me a homer for this pick, but it's the homie Matt Breida. Oh. So we saw Tevin Coleman go in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. I'm over here at 10.04 about to take the starting running back for the 49ers. I really believe Matt Breida, it's his job to lose. He has the upper hand as of right now. His biggest problem is health. But I can deal with streaming him at the position. I need running back help, so I'm going Matt Breida. Very nice. Peyton Barber, DK Metcalf, who I would have liked to have. Deshaun Jackson, Emmanuel Sanders, James Washington. Now I'm looking at Duke Johnson. He's in Houston, and he's a PPR machine. He is. Right? But we just talked about he's going to transition into a new a, a new playbook. Devin Singletary. Oh. The hype of my guy being there this late in the draft, it's intriguing. It is. It is intriguing. Um, I'm not but you be- also already have four running backs. Yeah. And so so that, do you want to continue to build? Exactly. You only have three wide receivers. Yeah, I need, to, I need to look for that wide receiver help right now. Dante Moncrief, who we just talked about, is sitting there as a top-ranked Tyrell Williams. Mm-hmm. Ooh, another homer pick. If I were to be a fanboy, yep. but you know who I'm going to pick because he's your guy. Josh fucking Gordon. <laughs> Reinstated by the yeah. NFL. ADP still has him down because he's suspended, and that's what he's labeled as. I just saw him. I just grabbed yep. him. Yep. The wide receiver one for the New England Patriots, outbeating Nikhil Harry pickup. <laughs> By Brad right here. I'm I love that pick. I did not think he was gonna be there, and there he was. Josh Gordon will in theory be suiting up week one. There's no extra suspension that's been laid upon him. Now, do I want to go with Tyrell Williams for the Homer pick? 
for that wide receiver too, because I just got a wide receiver one in the tenth round. There's someone theoretically, that, theoretically, theoretically, if he can stay unless, on the unless, field, unless he gets high again, which yeah. we know that boy gonna <laughs> get high again. It happens a lot. We know he gonna get high again. So now my team as of right now: Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Lenny, Robert Woods, Philip Lindsay, Hunter Henry, Allen Robinson, Russell Wilson, Kalen Blage, Josh Gordon. I think I need another wide receiver because I'm looking at tight ends. Not too much unless I'm taking a crapshoot, and I will just stream my tight end throughout the year on a bye week. Phillip Rivers is still there. I could stack up and have a second wide receiver waiting for me, or a second quarterback waiting for me. I think I'm going to go Dante Moncrief. I think the value is there with Big Ben throwing the rock. I'm going to go with Dante Moncrief and solidify my wide receiver position. I mean, we've been waiting for Dante to arrive here for a couple of years now. Yep. So I think he's in a good spot to do so. Devin Singletary, Roethlisberger, Golden Tate, Phillip Rivers, Anthony Miller, Brad's back on the clock. Which way are you going to roll, Brad? I was really hoping Anthony Miller made his way back to me. He's definitely one of my favorite players. Again, it's just one of those things. How is he going to to do in the second year of Matt Nagy's offense? I, I believe he's a top talent in the NFL. But it all depends on who's throwing him the rock. Is mm-hmm. he going to get the ball um, consistently, or is he going to be sporadic like he was last year? It's going to be uh, interesting to watch. But that being said, um, my current team stacks up with Michael Thomas, Todd Gurley, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, Tariq Cohen, Mike Williams, Eric Braun, uh, Drew Brees, and Keel Harry, Matt Breida. So, with that being said, I wouldn't mind looking at some tight end depth. Um, I could still find a serviceable tight end at this particular section of the draft. Um, There's a lot of quarterbacks here, but I don't need a quarterback um, at this stage. So, I think I'm going to try and see what kind of tight ends are available. Um, We have TJ Hawkinson, Delaney Walker, nothing that's really crazy valuable um and then you go further down you have your your ogs jordan reed greg olson um you could roll with the tj hawkinson in detroit the reason that you know uh safford targeted ebron a lot but it just didn't work the hands weren't there like ebron just wasn't comfortable whatever might be that could be a spot where you look to draft this guy because I think the value will be there this late in the round, this late in the draft in the eleventh round. I agree, and I like T.J. Hawkinson. He's got that uh, George Kittle mold, so I think I am going to go there and select a rookie. Um, you know, the thing with rookie tight ends is historically they do not produce in fantasy. Um, but I don't necessarily need him to produce. He will be a streamable option, and his value will be will come in the later half of the year when I would tend to look. For him to produce for me. So right now, if I could speak for you and for your team, I think you start looking at a running back. But what running back would that be? There's only Justice Hill, Dion Lewis, Jarek McKinnon, which I I do not think that you would touch. No, I already have Matt Breida. Yeah. I don't need I don't need to handcuff. He's not necessarily handcuff candidate at this point. Naheem Hines, he's he's kind of log jammed in there, even though his PPR value is intriguing because that's what his position is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, I, I it's got rough sledding. It is rough sledding, but I got my boy. It's going to be one of those. Again, I'm streaming my wide receiver or running back two position, so I'm looking for PPR machines from that position. So I'm going to go with a my guy, 
Justice Hill. Mm. Big fan of Justice Hill coming out into the draft. Uh, I'm going to take him at in the 12th round. Tom Brady, Crowder, Funches, Campbell, Dak Prescott. I am now on the clock. Jimmy G. Oh, he's sitting there. Do it. He's sitting there. Do no, it. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Let's no, see. Oh, Let's see what we got sitting around here. I mean, like I said before, the the running back. The, these are these are waiver wire guys, right? Yeah. You you don't spend a pick on these guys. You just wait and see if you need them throughout the year. You have Josh Brown, Michael Gallup, lighting up camp. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he was nice out of Colorado State. Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, Josh Gordon, Dante Moncrief. I've spent my last two picks on wide receivers, and I don't think I can justify taking another wide receiver three rounds in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. So I look at the tight end position. Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been getting a lot of hype, but there's always Baltimore tight end hype every single year, and they never live up to what they're supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph, he's a possibility. This this might be good value because he, if I remember correctly, last year historically he was going in that fifth, sixth round area because he was lumped in with the Zacherts, the George Kittles. He was a, t- he was a tier two. Right. I mean, he's sitting there. Noah Fant is still sitting You're here as well. You're a Kyle Rudolph guy. I've known you've had him in the past before. In the past, I've soured on him a little bit just because of his quarterback, because right. of Kirk Cousins, Kirk-y. right? You know, I, I don't. I have to see it to believe it to trust that he's going to be the guy. Noah Fant's there too. Mm. And again, we're we're in the position where these guys, at most, we're hoping to either be streamers or just someone to stash that will will likely explode maybe mid to end year. Right. That would be nice for a playoff run. So I'm going to go with the guy who's been in the NFL for quite some time. Even though I like Noah Fant, I'm going to go with Rudolph here. I would agree with that pick. I think that's a better Jimmy pick. Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, John Brown. My guy made it back to me. Josh Allen is my quarterback, <laughs> too, with the last pick in the draft for me. Uh, Greg Olson, Deion Lewis, Jerick McKinnon, Michael Gallup, Mark Andrews, Brad is on the clock. His last pick in the draft in the 13th round. So this this becomes tough for me because I still see a lot of guys that I like. I like Traquan Smith. He would pair well nicely with having Michael Thomas, you know, as a injury handcuff. I think he'll have standalone value in of his own this year, but it, he also doubles as a handcuff. Um, so those that's what I'm starting to think about. Do I want to start handcuffing people? But then. You go down, and I see my boys, Debo. I see Marquise. Oh, it's tough. It's tough, but I can't do it. As much you can't as, do it? As much as my heart wants it, there's still too much uncertainty surrounding the 49ers wide receiver core. I need to see depth charts. I need to see usage. Mm-hmm. So week two, week three is when I'd likely be targeting these guys on the waiver wire. Got it. Got so, it. I'm okay with not having them. I have my dynasty shares of both. Again, yep. makes this decision easier. You also have Adam Humphrey sitting there in Tennessee. I don't know if you trust him. I do. I have him in dynasty, and I think he could have some value in the slot. All I saw was that first preseason game he played with either Mariota and Tannehill, yeah. and he got every single pass. Right. He was getting He's hyper-targeted. <laughs> and, you know, they have the talented rookie um, that they brought in, you know, the under... 
overwhelming wide receiver Corey Davis up until this point womp, in his career. Womp, womp. <laughs> but then you have McCauley Hardman staring you at the face. You have Tony Pollard uh, running back for Dallas who's been getting good run as well. But you know what? I think since we're looking at multiple flex league, um, I like going heavy on wide receivers. I'm going to try and stash a guy that I think can have value. Six seconds. And five. Also, four. Provide three, handcuff value. Two. Traquan Smith. Devontae Parker after that. Jimmy Graham. Trey Burton. The draft has been completed. Nice. So, I'm going to run down my team Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Robert Woods, Philip Lindsay, Hunter Henry, Allen Robinson, Russell Wilson, Kalen Balaj, Josh Gordon, Dante Moncrief, Kyle Rudolph, Josh Allen. I feel okay about that. Let's compare afterwards. For Brad's team, Michael Thomas, Todd Gurley, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, Tariq Cohen, Mike Williams, Eric Ebron, Drew Brees, Nikhil Harry, Matt Breida, TJ Hawkinson, Justice Hill, Traquan Smith. How do you feel about your team after this draft? Where do you think you could have improved on? You're like, nope, I'm good to go. I feel okay with my team. Um, I feel like the running back position is definitely the the biggest position I'm looking at where you you don't feel totally comfortable with because again, you know, Justice Hill, who I added, is is unproven. He's mm-hmm. a rookie. So you don't know. That's kind of a pick I just want to stash just in case he blows up. I believe in the talent that he has, but he's also in a crowded backfield. How are they going to use him? We don't know. And then you have Matt Breida, um, who, again, I feel is going to get a lot of solid run with the 49ers. But, again, he's in a backfield with Tevin Coleman. You don't know what's happened with Jarek McKinnon. And then Tariq Cohen I enjoy, but Todd Gurley. Yeah. It's hard to have this running back core with the question mark on Todd Gurley because I think that's something I would go back and try and reevaluate is if I'm taking Todd Gurley, I think I need to go running back heavy earlier. Um, so that's something that I would have to take into regard. Um, but I think I'm okay with the team. I'm not sitting here like, oh, it's beautiful. You know, I really like my wide receivers. Um, I think there's a lot of talent there. And if you have a healthy Todd Gurley and you have Drew, Drew Brees slinging it all over the field, um, there's potential here to put up a lot of points. But it's a high-risk, high-reward team. Right. And like myself, I took Josh Gordon. I took a few back-end uh, wide receiver uh, uh, prospects in, in the end of the draft. Um, but what's Josh Gordon going to do? Is he actually going to be on the field week one? Right? Like, I there's, there's the uncertainty. And so my mindset, after I get out of this draft and I'm looking at my team, I'm looking at the waiver wire to see who can I transition to, right? Like, if I need to make a move... Who can I drop? And it's kind of tough for me right now. I don't see a player that I could drop immediately. Because after the draft, right. when, when you look at it, you see right when the draft's over, you're like, shit, I could drop this guy. I don't really need him. Yeah. I I get stuck in this position where I'm like, who could I really drop? Like, could I drop, drop Josh Allen? Sure, I could if I mm-hmm. need to pick someone else up. But besides that, I feel like my team is 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 set up as if I can't make too much movement, and that's good and bad. Right, right. I'm, right. I'm in a, I'm in a, in a pigeonhole, but it will stop you from making a move on a waiver wire player who could potentially explode at right. the beginning of the season. But it also aids you, and you have solid depth. I mean, right. your running back core could be potentially one of the best in the league of uh, out of this draft, just based on production, 
SnapShare uh, SnapShares alone because Kalen Balaj could run away with the starting position. We know Alvin Kamara is going to be a PPR machine. Mm-hmm. And if Leonard Fournette takes that step that we hope he's going to take, he's RB1. Right. And Philip Lindsay has already shown that he can be an RB1. Now is he going to have a sophomore slump? Is he going to maintain his production? If you get those four hitting on all cylinders, you're in a great spot because right. you know Mike Evans is going to get you touchdowns. You know Woods is going to get you receptions. Allen Robinson has the potential to to bring in fourteen thousand or fourteen hundred receiving yards and ten touchdowns. Right? Is he going to do it? Yep. That remains to be seen. So there's a few question marks, but I, all in all, I feel good about my team. There there would be certain things I need to watch out for, like you said, the Leonard Fournette, um, uh, Leonard Fournette production. Will he be what we hope he can be? But I like your team too. But there is the the running back factor where, where Brad's going to be definitely looking on the waiver wire right after this draft is over to see who could he, yep. who could he pick up. So that looks like it's going to do it. We are done with the first mock draft of the On the Clock podcast. I feel good about that, Brad. I feel pretty good too. All right. We're going to go see a wedding now. We're going to go have some fun. Uh, yeah. Hope you all have a good weekend. We are out. Peace. Peace.